Welcome back, listeners. On this episode, I spoke to production designer Jess Gonchor about his work on Noah Baumbach's White Noise. Gonchor is a two-time Oscar nominee for Hail Caesar and True Grit. He is also a two-time BAFTA nominee and a 10-time ADG nominee. But I do just want to start out by saying um, you have probably been one of the most consistent key individuals throughout sort of my um, my lover of film um, throughout my entire life because you've created some of my favorite projects ever in terms of The Devil Wears Prada, No Country for Old Men, Little Women, and just like, I, like I, I remember seeing The Devil Wears Prada and actually being able to like understand like see myself in some sort of film like at all and then no country for old men like completely solidified my like absolute love of film and then I mean the list goes on and on but I just I Uh, it's very nice that's thank you that's really nice of you to say and 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 nice to hear appreciate that thank you no of course I mean you're you're honestly I I don't want to just toss this word around lightly because it does get tossed around um, a lot, but icon is definitely a word I would, I would use for, for you. (laughs) Well, that's very nice of you. Thank you. Uh, Really. Thank you. Appreciate that. No, of course. Um, But I also have to say, I loved white noise. I loved what you were able um, to accomplish with this. I mean, I think one of the most, joyous sequences of the entire year is that grocery um market sequence at the end which uh, i've heard you describe as one of or i it the hardest thing you've created to date um and i'd love for you to just expand on that just a bit because i, I find that so fascinating um sure absolutely um I'm not sure I don't I don't know if it was the most difficult <clears throat> thing to uh to create. I think it was a very difficult thing to arrive at, you know, at what at what should it be? Because there was a few different ways you could obviously go at that. And I just remember Noah describing the you know, what the supermarket meant to him was some sort of a a utopia that um um that had everything from temptation in it and um fear and um you know what 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 you know experience and just like i don't know just a whole sort of conglomerate of um um of what could go on there being the town center and um just a sort of like heavenly utopia um where where everybody goes and they could you know almost like a therapist's office in a way and um and also um you know and and it being um you know uh white noise like what was the i mean to me that was you know the the white noise and going back to like when i said it could have gone a couple of ways it could have gone very academic and small you know, college town store in wherever, New Hampshire or Vermont or, you know, somewhere, I, 
because we don't really know where the story takes place in the book. Um, um, but so, you know, after weighing sort of all options and looking at all the packaging of things in the 80s and, um, and the shapes of things and the way they just each individual carton of milk or box of cereal or pack of gum was, um, was just like, you know, to me, an art installation. And it's, I, I finally understood why Warhol was like, you know, the Campbell soup bar, you know, it was the can. It was like, that was like, you know, cause it is a piece of pop art. And um, mm -hmm. so when I say it was the hardest thing, it was like, once we figured out what it was and it took a, a, a while and, and also a place to do it, you know, cause um, you know, there's the um, aesthetic look of of the film and what's right for the movie to tell the story um and um but then there's also like the feasibility of it and the practicality of how do how how you know how how are you going to do that who is there like a grocery store that supermarket that you're going to shut down for six months you know I, I mean i don't think so or is there do you build the whole thing do you start with a a shell of something and then all, all the branding from the 80s is different from now so in that sense it was the hardest but we just had an amazing team um you know chipping away at this thing for like six or seven months which is that is definitely the longest i've worked on any any set we started it at the beginning of prep and we shot it at the end of the movie so um which was also good because it got to evolve and we got to figure out you know, did aisles need to be wider or more narrow or taller or shorter or this? So it got to like, you know, every sort of week or so, Noah, choreographer, DP, myself would go back there and we'd examine the progress. And it was, um, um, it was um, very, uh, you know, instrumental, no pun intended for the dance, um, to, to, you know, be able to inform ourselves of how that thing was evolving so in that case it was um it, it was the hardest and the lengthiest thing that i did and had probably had the most people work on it and i could have i could still be working on that supermarket and, and, it, and it wouldn't be done you know as far as i was concerned it was just like you know it was big it was the size of a you know one of the big target stores or, or you know or something that was completely empty that you know once filled with shelves and then product and then, you know, um, treating all the, all the walls as, uh, you know, also as a piece of pop art or, you know, piece of eighties, um, art, um, and all, all, all the branding and all of that thing. So in that sense, um, it was, you know, then we had to light the whole thing, which we, we knew that we wanted it to be the brightest, thing in the movie um so you know i had to figure out how to put all those you know lights in and uh make that look cinematic as well so it was a big it was a big detailed um technical project all all while the time of trying to hold on to the aesthetics of this um utopia that um uh of, utopia of temptation and white noise that uh, that we wanted. And and I will say, and I've said this on every interview, that <laughs> the simplest thing um, was a big um, source of inspiration for me, the Rubik's Cube. And, um, and just the way that uh, the shape and the chiseled edges of that 
and the grout lines in that. So it's like a, it's like, you know, a bunch of little packages inside one package and they were all bright colors and some primary and some secondary and on its own, it was beautiful. And when you messed it up and the colors got integrated, it was also, you know, beautiful. If, you know, finding the beauty in a Rubik's cube, which I did for this 1980s, um, supermarket um and some other parts of the movie too yeah i i when i was watching the film i i saw it as just sort of one long dance to me and because it it all felt so just to flow sort of effortlessly and i'm wondering how you incorporate sort of this choreography into the production design because even the sequences on the highway or um, in the household or um, on the sort of camp they visit or the hotel. I'm just, I'm wondering how you allow for sort of the fluidity in the production design, especially in this film. Yeah, I mean, great question. Um, my my approach has always been, um, and it's, you know, right or wrong, it's just my approach. I like to have, I like everything to have a rhythm to it because I don't think there's anything that can take you to a time or place in your life um, that you it was a good time or a bad time, or a piece of music, um, you know, or, or 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 a visual. So I always try to be like. Sometimes you like hear a song, you're like, oh, I remember the first time it was when I heard that song. So I'm like, I always try to figure out how can I get a rhythm into the into the production design, and it could be you know, three colors in a couch with that, you know, that just sort of like flow together because, you know, it's like, you know, a cushion, a pillow and a fabric. It's like in threes or a billboard that has three lines that says, you know, whatever, let's go, Mets. So just, I always try to find, I know it sounds crazy because a rhythm has nothing to do with a look, but I do try and, 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 um, and figure out what the rhythm is. Even if somebody's got to like climb out a window and, and jump on a, on a roof and then run down an alley. I'm always trying to see like, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Like how, how is that gonna go together? And how is that gonna flow? So I sort of like approached this whole movie like that because I know that uh, Noah is uh, very dialogue heavy. And, and the movie, the scope of the movie was a little bit bigger than he normally works on. So I, I you know, I, I knew early on that I'd like to be able to provide him with a a playground of opportunities to uh, have dialogue going and also have people uh, interacting with props or, or pieces of the set, whether it was in the supermarket or in the chemistry lab or in the kitchen. I knew the kitchen had to be sort of, um, you know, orchestrated and choreographed as well. So the whole thing was really like, um a dance and there was like there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of static there wasn't a lot of i mean the, the the you know with jack and babette in bed there was a few scenes that were uh you know still and that allowed those to be more effective by having sort of the movement and the choreograph um myth of the of the whole film and i just try to amortize that through um through the whole film, that sort of method of knowing that there was going to be a lot of dialogue, 
there was going to be a lot of texture, there was going to be a lot of color, there was going to be a lot of highs and lows and some action sequences. So I, I don't know, I tried to get a rhythm for the whole uh, sprinkle a mantra through that of um, of uh, an eighties an eighties an eighties visual rhythm. Yeah, and I mean, can you talk to me about emotion because I and the emotion within the the design that you did because I think um, there's so much it, it's jovial it's fun it's dark it's humorous how do you how do you find sort of that perfect match because I feel like this is one of those films that just sort of encompasses it all yeah I well I I agree and the reason I agree is because I've lived I think I've lived in every one of those sets personally so like really um I haven't had many opportunities in my career to retrace my own footsteps and and do something because you always have to like you know do something that maybe you never did before so I did a movie about once about a a uh a kid having a bar mitzvah and him like having you know what he went through to have that bar mitzvah and that was very near and dear to me but even this was a little bit more because I'd gone to school in the 80s I had lived in the suburbs of New York for a while I had I just had so uh, you know I just I knew the music of the time I I just sort of knew I, I just really that's one of the reasons I really wanted to do the job because I felt like I could um bring something uh to it through my own personal experience which is always which is always the best and of course you put your own twist on it and um you know amp it up I don't know if there'd be a cafeteria I mean I was in like the cafeteria at the college you know that was you know strictly something that I remember from uh you know the New Rochelle mall uh in the 80s and I was like man it's like it's like a mall you know what I mean at the court the food court and Mm -hmm. um in some of the classrooms and the lecture halls and in the supermarket it's just all the branding I can remember when I went to school and saw like uh you know marlboro cigarettes came out with a menthol in a green box and i was like next to the red box next to the other cigarettes and i was like what is this like crazy you know crazy color crazy packaging um and you know every give everything was like you know there was so much white noise with 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 product and in consumption um so um I lost track of the question. I mean, it was basically how do you just balance that emotion within? Oh yeah, right, right. So I, I was really able to draw from like that motel room. I'm telling you, man. I once, um, you know, uh, a couple of times I've it's been like desperate times, not through anything of like uh, you know tragedy or 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 relationship things, but I've stayed in. I've stayed in a couple of motels like that. And I, and I was, you know, certainly working on all these movies that are uh, moody like that. I was able to draw from, you know, experience. And, um, and we ended up building that motel underneath a, uh, in a gravel yard underneath all these bridges. And I knew it had to be this, I was hoping it was going to be this sort of colorful noir Paris, Texas type of look to it. And um, juxtaposed to the, the town of Blacksmith, which was the, 
you know, the bookstores and the, you know, the academia of it all. So I lived, I lived it all. And, um, except for the Boy Scout camp, which I wasn't a Boy Scout, but, um, you know, certainly through some of the, uh, the eighties, certainly, you know, the ETs and the Spielberg, uh, movies and things like that. I was like trying to, um, latch on to, to some of that, uh, the things that they did in, in, in those, in those movies. So personal experience is a very long answer to that question. No, no, I, I love it. And I mean, some would describe, I mean, the novel that this is based on and prior to the film being released as something that, how do you make this into a film? But I think what you're trying to say is based off of your personal experiences, that's how you were able to bring this film to life. If, is that correct? That's correct. And listen, everybody, you know, I think it's the hardest thing for um, uh, filmmakers to do is to adapt a, a book and bring it to life because everybody's got their own idea of what that thing is. And, and, you know, and they're and they're holding on to it. And there's, you know, big, big Delilah fans of, of White Noise that, you know, I'm sure have their own, own opinion of, of what it was because everybody... There's no, you don't know what school it is. You don't know what town it is. You don't know what supermarket it is. It's very, it's the most descriptive book I have ever read without exactly telling you where you're supposed to be. So, you know, if, um, you know, if, if you read a book like The Devil Wears Prada, and I know that's based on working at Vogue, I know that. I got to see what, you know, what Anna Wintour's office is like. So I, I get that. And, um, but this, this didn't have it. So how, you have to draw on your personal experience and, and, um, you know, there's people that, you know, are so, you know, in love with that, that book that, you know, they, they may embrace it. They may not because you have your own sort of idea and it's probably where you went to school or you, or somebody, you know, went to school or some town you were in or some, you know, we all, read something and you know unless it's in like outer space or you know from a thousand years ago you, you put yourself in that position you know if you can and and, and try to you know relate your r relate something that's happened to you um in that book and, and that's how you identify with something right either you like mm -hmm. it or you don't and nine out of ten times you identify with something because you like it or, or you identify with it because you don't like something about yourself and you're like man I do that too is that it so it's just all that's um that's how it was bringing it to life yeah yeah no definitely I I mean I, I still try and pinpoint like I see bits of my college life in there my high school life in there my like current sort of mid to late 20s in there so it's 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 very interesting how this is kind of a a blank slate that you kind of get to draw your own experiences into and um sort of latch yeah. on to different um to different no, pieces and, 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 and you know the book is it's a you know 500 plus pages so you know to get that down and i think Noah did an amazing job uh you know to, to squeeze that into 120 pages um is not is not is not an easy feat um but i thought it was i just thought it was great i thought it did a great job and uh and i think we hit all the the points um and um 
I'm super happy with the way it came out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is your first time working with Noah. Um, yeah. What is, what's the biggest thing that you learned from him? I mean, you've obviously worked with so many, I mean, just legendary directors. And I mean, he's one of them. And I mean, what what is something that you took away from from this experience from him? Um, you know, I just I, I think I you know I, I think I, I I took because and I say this with all the respect in the world, he his movies are uh, amazing. Um but I think I think he would agree with this, that um, the most important thing for him, and it should be the most important thing, is dialogue. And and that's first and foremost, and everything after that, the stuff that I do is, is all extra. It's all just extra. And and it's, uh, and I always, you know, one thing we learned in, in, in school, like one of the, you know, I, I don't know how much I learned in school, but I was just like, you know, in a, in a production design class, it, it would just be like, you know, the ancient, you know, the Greeks and the Romans, they didn't have, there was no scenery out there. They were out there, you know, on a rock, just, you know, Shakespeare or whatever. And then later on a column came in and then, oh, that's nice. Maybe another column, maybe, you know, all these things. So, but it's first and foremost, it's, you know, it, it's the script and I always approach everything like that. But I, um, but I just got, you know, to, to slow down and we had a very long prep because we were in the pandemic and we didn't really have a green light and then it pushed. And um, so we had a lot of, lot of dialogue about, um, about the story and about the script. And we got to really talk about it, which is one thing I've never had the time to do with anybody else because he's a very obviously literary person and he is uh you know, and um, his dad was a, I believe, an English teacher at Brooklyn College. And um, so what I learned from him was um, to listen and um, absorb information and be patient and understand, have a really um, a better understanding about uh, scenes unfolding and how that could have the dialogue, you know, needs to come first and how I can work my, what I do to a movie in, you know, secondary. Not that I didn't have that, but I definitely got a much better sense of the importance of that on, on this, um, just by listening to him and, and watching him, uh, his process. And mm -hmm. finding, really, and finding his process on a bigger movie. And, uh, you know, and 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 me finding my process on working with a new director. So it was mm -hmm. it was a it was you know just all a big learning experience. Mm -hmm. And why white noise and why now? Do you think why? <clears throat> you mean why did why why was the movie made and 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 why now? Yeah, I mean, why do you think? white noise is is going to resonate with people and why now well i mean clearly we've all experienced um a toxic cloud you know in the way of covid so i think that's a 
huge thing. I think everybody has a some fear of death. I think everybody has uh, some, you know, their their family relationships. Um, I don't know. I just think I think it's I think it's relatable. I think it to me it spans all you know age groups. I don't even know where it's sort of targeted at, but it's uh, um, you know it's got everything from uh, you know the big chill to vacation to close encounters. I think it just like I don't know. I think it resonates and spans um, most age groups, and I think everybody can you know identify maybe with not with um a relocation because of a, a a toxic cloud but what's it like to be you know locked down with people what's it like to to worry about something what's it like to put a mask on um and you know all the time what's it like to you know to to live your life and you're growing up as a kid and then you're an adult and finding your way you know through so i think all those things um add up to why hopefully it's an identifiable um likable uh, a film and I think it moves really I think the pace is great I think the music is phenomenal um I I just think it's a, I think it's a real no I just think it's a kind of like a, a a great piece of filmmaking um and I don't know how serious it takes itself but it's uh it's it's just an enjoyable it's entertainment and it's uh it's got some meaning to it and I uh and I think it's really well done. 100% agree. Um, and my final question, I mean, to you, I mean, you're, you've done so much in your, I mean, just in your career um, in terms of the, the different types of projects that you've been involved in. And I'm just curious if, if there's something that you haven't done yet that you want to. Um, yeah, you know, I guess I've, um, know as you get older your your priorities change and your you start you know you do films that um you know what 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 fits into what fits into your life um you know it's like oh this is great but i don't know if i could you know go to budapest for you know eight months or something like that so um that's just not another tone so it's kind of like seek some of those things out but i also have um not shied away but um you know the big you know, like the, the, the superhero things. I, I've started a couple and they've gone down. A Batman movie and um um another thing called Gambit and they didn't they didn't we prepped them and six months in they pulled out. And and I remember, you know, enjoying bringing my sort of take on what that could be, be it Marvel or DC or something like that. And I and I and I, you know, I mean, everybody wants to do those things now. I mean, actors, like everybody wants to be in, in one of those, but I would really, I would like to see what, what, um, what I could come up with for, you know, some, <clears throat> something like that. Um, I mean, they're all amazing, but, um, so I guess that's one genre. Um, uh, I started, I, I dabbled in and never got to fully, uh, fully bring it to fruition so i'd like to i'd like to see if that can that could possibly happen i would love to see that that would be that would be amazing <laughs> um yeah. absolutely amazing um 
But Jess, I want to thank you so much. This has been... Yeah, no problem. Thank you all for listening. This episode was edited and produced by me, Jackson Vickery. Graphics were done by Dylan Michael. And the opening and closing theme were done by Sterling Gavinsky.